Hey, it's that time. It's time once again for the bitterest pill. I guess we need a. Do we need a theme song? My daddy may now make an announcement. I don't know. Do we really need. Do we really need a theme song anymore? Uh, I'm getting feedback from the. You know what? Have you been? I've been fine. I'm in my garage. I'm under the flight path. Under, under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Stay in class. You're listening to the bitterest pill. You're listening to the bitterest pill. Hi. I know. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. I'm not clear on how that happened. Well, actually, I'm very clear. I'm crystal clear, actually, on how that happened, which is what we're going to be discussing over the next couple of days. Clearly, I have a lot to, uh, you know, we have a lot to catch up on. I have a list here of things, things that we could go over. Ad infinitum, ad nauseum, ad, uh, 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 yeah, you know what I'm saying, the dog's here. That's, that's what that sound was. Now, the dog, you know, we have a dog named Hugo, and Hugo, he's a lovely dog, but uh, this morning he threw up uh, at least three times that we know of. Now, um, you know, I don't know why he threw up. It wasn't, uh, there was nothing to it, you know, it was just kind of, mm, you know. And I, I know these shows have really become bodily function shows, and I get that. And listen, you're just going to have to bear with me, because trust me, I've got the king of all bodily function stories coming up later. But uh, he threw up, and then he thought I was mad at him. But I wasn't mad at him. I just was trying to get him to not throw up in the living room. If you're going to throw up, doggy, throw up in the kitchen. There's tile down. Okay, maybe the dining room, hardwood floors, but not just please, not the living room on the rug. That's all I ask. The kitchen and the dining room, it's about a 10-second cleanup. You just wipe, wipe again, boom, you're done. The living room, you got the, uh, the nature's miracle and the sponges and my wife having a heart attack and talk, 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 talking about it all day. Uh, it's just, uh, we don't need that. We don't, we don't need it. I'm going to unplug this thing. There. Did that hurt your ear? Me too. So now, now, that was before breakfast. So now the dog is fully fed, but he's in here, in the studio. You know, my studio here in the garage under the flight path. And of course, I, I moved the table in here. So I'm now actually facing the wall, which means he's behind me, which means I can't see what he's doing. I assume we'll hear him when he throws up, but uh, right now I just can't see him. Hold on, let me look. Now he's doing what he does. He's sniffing around. Now sometimes the sniffing is just curiosity and sometimes it's choosing the best place to pee. When my mother told us, don't get a male dog, get a female dog, I had no idea what she, like, did she really know what she was talking about? Yeah, apparently. But she, she should have said, Danny, don't get a male dog because they have to mark everything with their urine. If she had said that, Hugo wouldn't be here right now. But all she said was, well, girls are easier. But how, mom? How are they easier? Well, they don't mark everything, for one. You know, they go in heat a couple times a year, and that's about it. Now, we haven't spoken since um, the situation in Japan. That's pretty crazy stuff, man. Am I? Can you still hear me? Hello? Check? I, I, the whole system's dying. I, I can't even hear myself. Um, wow, my heart goes out to J the J right in, J in Japan. Of course, everyone here is freaking out because there's going to be a tsunami here. In Japan, they have the biggest earthquake in the history of uh, J Japanese earthquakes. They have a tsunami, 90-foot, you know, waves. And everyone here in California, I'm in California. 
We're literally an international dateline away from Japan. It's a six-hour flight to Hawaii from here. And that's, is that even halfway? So the idea of the tsunami coming here, I guess, is a bit ridiculous. Listen, they had a what, I mean, five-story wave. Enough to suck entire villages into the ocean. By the time the tsunami got here, the waves were a foot. You know, we get that on a rainy day. But the school is sending out, you know, the kids' school, they're sending out the, well, we know that there's much concern about a tsunami, and a this, and a that, and a na 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 But then I start thinking, well, you know, I used to joke about the fact that the kids' school is in a, like a, a literally... And I don't mean figuratively, I don't mean kind of like maybe it is. I mean, absolutely, definitely posted signs. My children's school is in a tsunami hazard zone. As you're approaching the school, you're entering a tsunami hazard zone. As you're leaving, right, driving away, you drop them off, snug as a bug in their little hoodies, in their backpacks, and you're leaving a tsunami zone. And the crazy thing is, it's really only, the tsunami zone seems to be the kids' school, Home Depot, and that's it. Everything else seems to be outside of the tsunami. I don't know if the tsunamis are perfectly targeting, right? Home improvement centers. And my kids just happen to be too close. I'm not clear how tsunamis work. But then I start thinking about this tsunami thing. You know, obviously, a tsunami... You know that is it's a big wave a tsunami can um right could just suck us out to sea or at least the kids out to sea now we from the ocean are um you know we're up a hill and then over a thing and like a tsunami i don't think is gonna if a tsunami trust me if a tsunami could come here and take studio g it deserves it like if if a tsunami is so huge that it can make it to my house we're just we're gonna die and that's there's nothing we can do about that because we're over the hill through the woods, right? Grandma's house. The kids, though, they're really kind of right there. There's really just a clean shot from the ocean through the wetlands across Lincoln and then right into the school in the Home Depot. So then all this talk now about the tsunami in the home, it's starting to get me worried. And not because of the Japanese tsunami, that was only a foot when it got here, two feet, whatever. That's not even good surfing. But then I open up Newsweek and I haven't even read it because I can't read it because my kids live in a tsunami zone. But in Newsweek, it's like, hey, what does this mean for California? Because guess what? You're next. And you start thinking, right? Well, hmm. If whatever Teutonic plate shifted, is that the word I'm looking for? Teutonic. If whatever plate in the earth shifted to create that earthquake and that's now where is it? Now what's right? It's like when you, you get up in your game closet. Because the kids want to play Clue, but on top of Clue is Sorry and Shoots and Ladders and that stupid mousetrap game. But you don't care. You take out Clue anyway, and then the mousetrap is starting to teeter. It's going to fall, and Shoots and Ladders could come down at any second, but it's the only thing really keeping Sorry in place. Well, is is that what's going on now somewhere in the Pacific Ocean? Is Sorry 
teetering on Candyland in some weird way where someday there's just going to be a little nudge and then all of a sudden it's sorry and then the kids are gone. What? The dog is freaking out on me. What? Is this too much talk about the dog, the kids drowning? Or do you need to go outside? What's going on? I'm going to slap you. I don't know. I, the only reason we're here is because I got to act in my stupid commercials. I mean, maybe we should go to higher ground. We wouldn't even have to leave L.A. We could go up to Topanga where the hippies live. Join a commune. They never... Well, they have brush fires up there. Okay. I see your point. They have brush fires up there. We have tsunamis down here. Where's good? You go to Burbank, it's blistering heat all year long. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Okay, so now I have a dog on my lap. Can I really discuss with the dog on my lap? Well, let's talk about Melissa. Because we haven't spoken in two weeks, and i got to give you all the reasons why, and that will make up the bulk of the show. This recording will be why I haven't made previous recordings. The other recordings that I didn't make, this is why. One, these are the reasons why they didn't get made. It's because life, you know, people say, oh, Dan, you got to treat your podcast like a job. But I, I, but I have a job. I have three or four other jobs. Three or four other jobs that cannot be moved or changed, right? The kids need clean clothes. We need food in the fridge. I need to go to my auditions. And apparently, I need to help my wife do her stuff. So this is what happens. Someone, my wife has a lovely voice. Let's back up. Now, my wife is in advertising and she writes commercials and radio commercials and all that kind of stuff, right? So every once in a while, she'll have to record the voiceover or present, you know, something. And she's, so she's gotten quite adept at doing the, you know, the new, te the new tectonic plates under the Pacific Ocean. They're going to drown your kids. You know, that kind of thing. Like, she can really do the voiceover thing. And she's got a nice voice. And so people say, hey, you know, Melissa, you should do voiceovers. And she thinks about it every once in a while. But she's a little busy, you know, mm, paying our bills. So, so, but someone, some friend or a friend of a friend knew a friend or somebody, somebody needed some voiceovers done by a girl. By a woman. A, a woman with a voice. So they suggested my wife, Melissa. And Melissa said, yeah, I'll you know, put my hat in the ring. Whatever. I'll figure out a way to work it out. So apparently these two uh, leading fitness magazines. Okay. Two big American fitness magazines. Magazines that you watch. You know, you look at the cover when you're at the big grocery store buying your Haagen-Dazs. You know, you're, you're checking out with your Haagen-Dazs and your Doritos and you're watching, right? There's the guy on the cover with the abs and he's smiling. He's trying like hell to look heterosexual. You know, those magazines, like that kind of thing. So there's a boy version and a girl version. The boy, right? So the boy fitness magazine and the girl fitness magazine, I guess, are teaming up to make these videos or they've made these videos. And Melissa, they wanted to know if Melissa could do these voiceovers. So Melissa sent them a little demonstration of her voice that we recorded here in the garage. And they sent her, you know, we sent it over and they said, hey, great, that'd be great. Could you do these? It's, you know, it's 15 of them. They're about 45 seconds each. These little online videos. You know, it's a couple's workout. Oh, okay. 
So they send her over the, the copy. Now, let's be very clear about a few things about my lovely wife. I love my wife. I think she's a very cool chick. I think she's very beautiful and attractive and funny and smart, brilliant, and talented. She's a wonderful wife and mother. One thing she is not is um, a uh, vixen type. She's not, she's not like a girly girl type. She's feminine, but she's just not like, okay, the, here's the thing. You, my, because she's too smart for certain things and she's too like, I don't care about that stuff for certain things. So she gets the copy and I'm not going to say it was essentially phone sex copy. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it was like from, you know, like adult entertainment, but these workouts are couples workouts and they, now listen, there's a place for everything. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying this is so not my wife. She would so never watch something like this. It's just not her thing. My wife to work out, she does not put on the spandex and go to the club and prance around and pretend to work out and all that crap, right? She doesn't go to Pilates where a machine moves your limbs around. She doesn't do that. She doesn't even do yoga. She puts on this big, huge sweatshirt, this college sweatshirt that's about 15 times too big for her and these sweatpants that I bought for her when I worked at Universal Studios in 1988 and she runs around the neighborhood. Really, she stomps. She's just kind of a stomper. I don't know if she doesn't use the springing action of the human uh, right physiology to, to run. You know, most people kind of run on the balls of their feet. Or they kind of, there's like this springing motion. She's just like, <coughs> right? Like Godzilla, basically, trouncing around the neighborhood. That's my wife. I love you, honey. But you know, it's true. So she gets the copy and the copy for these workouts. These workouts are basically foreplay with reps. Okay. Just as an example, and this may or may not be one. I don't remember if this is literally one because at a certain point I just stopped listening. Okay, girls, have your man. <laughs> okay, girls. I'm going to try to do it in the voice that I think they want. Okay, girls, have your man lie on his back on the floor. Now you get above him with your arms straight out and do a push-ups. And every time you go down, plant one on his lips. And there's a whole series of workouts like this that my that Melissa, right, she's doing the voiceovers for. Now, <laughs> again, this is so not her. It's so not her. It's so not us. We would never work out together. One of us would end up dead. And she doesn't know how to work any of this equipment. She doesn't know how to edit audio. She knows how to be the boss of audio. She knows how to hire people to record things for her. But she doesn't know how to record or cut or any of that stuff. So basically, for several nights, I would sit on the sofa and listen to all of her recordings with her. And she's like, oh, I don't think I was sounding, you know, horny enough then. Do we have another take where I say that word horny? Ah, that's brutal. Yeah, nothing more sexy than sitting on the sofa at 1030 at night in your sweatpants. Right? With the laptop in your lap and your wife sitting there making notes. Okay, guys, now take your partner's heel and lift it up over her head. Hang, 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 hang,
just the idea of getting ran because you know the idea is i guess you work out together then maybe you start a little up you know session you get warmed up you get warmed up for your uh you know warm-ups you know your action your action The idea of actually working out and then getting randy, it just, it, it's not, it just not work for me. Yeah, the, the, the shows have not sounded good. Here, did you hear that? Uh, but I haven't had time to tear the system apart and see what's going on. See, maybe my knob, one of my knobs got turned. Maybe the mic is dying. Maybe the cables need replaced. You know, too many variables, my friend. Too many variables. So, Ages ago, it feels like ages ago, it was at least a month ago by now, uh, we decided we were going to have a birthday party for Hudson because it, it was his birthday. And uh, th- apparently that's what people do. People, uh, y- you know, socialize and throw parties for each other, have other people come to their house, they serve them food and drink and cake, play music, they have fun, and then everyone leaves or whatever, I, I, right? right? So Hudson, so we all decided that we were going to throw a party for Hudson. And um, because we don't want to go do the laser tag thing, although he's going to do that this coming weekend. He had done that and he's going to do that. And gonna, okay, so we do laser tag now and bowling. Oh, bowling party. So Hudson decides now, in, Hudson's in sixth grade and they've been learning about Greek and Roman mythology, Greek and Roman, ancient Greek and Roman history. Greek and Roman alphabet. And I don't know, maybe he just is learning about this stuff. Maybe in school they're learning about uh, who knows what. Plants. But he has been learning all about this Greek and Roman jazz. In English and in social studies. In English, they read it and talk about the gods and the myths and mythology. And then in social studies, they learn about maybe the history and all this other stuff. So he's totally geeking out on all this ancient Greek and Roman stuff. And he read all his Percy Jackson books and he's got this map and that game and that ga 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 ga. For Christmas, he got Age of Mythologies, this video game where I guess he can make the Greeks fight the Romans or the Norse fight the Indians. I, I don't know. Now, my wife and I the whole time are stressing out because this time of year in Southern California, it does actually rain. In fact, it's raining right now. Um, it's very unpredictable. It's actually we get more rain in March than we do in the quote unquote winter time. When everyone else in the country is getting, you know, snowed on, we tend to do okay. But but then this time of year, forget it. So we kept saying, listen, kid, I know we want to have a big party, but we can't have that many kids because God forbid we have to move this part, right? Indoors, we're dead. Our house is barely big enough for the four of us and the dog. Can you imagine? Now, of course, as we're planning the party, one of his schoolmates has a party. But the schoolmate has a pool and a bigger backyard. And the, but the friend had an all, everybody in the entire stinking sixth grade party. And it was mayhem. But they had a bouncy house. I don't know why. They had a bouncy house and they had a swimming pool and they had a dunking tank and they had a lifeguard and they had beverages and parents standing around and blah, blah, blah. It was the whole grade, man. Well, here at Casa de Classa, we don't have a pool. See, that's instant something to do. You come, you eat, you wait, you pool, you get out, you dry, you eat, you pool, whatever. Well, Hudson says, Mom and Dad, you know what I really would want to do? This would be so much fun. 
I want everyone to come to my party. In a toga. Because I'm really into this Greek and Roman stuff. I want to have a Greek and Roman party. And I want to invite my friends. And I want them to wear togas. Now, being in sixth grade, he's turning 12, right? He just turned 12. He turned 12 on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, that is how old my son is. For those of you that have been listening to these silly recordings for that long, yes, it's been six years. Ergo, ipso facto, Hudson is now 12 years old. Ah, Choke, choke. Well, that's a weird age for us. We don't spend that much time with 12-year-olds. We only spend time with Hudson. We don't really spend that much time with the other kids. So this whole toga thing could either be a lot of fun or social suicide. Really? You're going to invite your friends over and they're going to wear togas? Okay, but what are they going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe we could just get some swords and have a sword fight. Okay. You know, girls are coming to this party too, right, man? Yeah, yeah. Because he decided to keep the numbers low. He was going to invite the third of the class that kind of he's in. They took the whole grade and they divided up into three groups. So he's going to invite his group. Okay. Predominantly girls in all these groups. So I'm like, okay, you get, let me get this straight. You're going to invite 15 of your schoolmates over and then you're going to, what? The boys are going to hit each other with swords and then the girls are going to stand around looking at their iPhones. Well, maybe we could have a scavenger hunt, says my wife. Really? A scavenger hunt? Really? At 12? Where? In the backyard? What are they going to look for? What are they going to get? Is there going to be a prize? Does there have to be a prize? Honey, they're 12. They're 12-year-old Americans. Of course there's got to be a prize. There's got to be a prize at at, at the end of everything. There's got to be a prize. What what are you just going to, what, they're going to have a scavenger hunt and then at the end pat them on the back? So my wife keeps trying to come up with ideas that to keep things small and under control in case it rains. I keep coming up with ideas so it, uh, it doesn't look like an idiot. And so we're not having a stupid scavenger hunt because that is about the last thing I want to do is have a scavenger hunt. There's something about that that just seems so uncool at 12 years old. But for a couple days there, the plan is that we're going to have this Greek and Roman party And the kids are going to eat grapes and wear togas and have a scavenger hunt and play frisbee because frisbee is kind of like a discus. So I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, this is, this is not good. This is not good. My son is like the, the like geek of the class. Maybe what if Hudson is just so super geeky and so, because some of the other kids are dating. Or they say they're dating. They claim to be dating. They claim to be pairing up. So so you got some of the kids in sixth grade are dating and going to movies on double dates, but with parents and training wheels and all that stuff, you know, but still. And then Hudson is going to have kids over in togas and they're going to play catchers. It's bad. Well, finally, I get the idea. I'm going to take the credit here. I run it by my wife first, and then we run it by Hudson. I say, okay, what if, 
Because you want to have people in togas, yeah. And you want to eat grapes and drink wine and pretend it's like, like have your Greek, whatever. Yeah, okay. What if we rent? Because you want to rent something, apparently. What if we rent a giant green screen? You know, for like making a movie. And we hang this giant green screen in the backyard, in the sunshine, okay? And then, what if all your friends come in togas, but the excuse for the togas is that we're going to make a movie trailer? Because Hudson had discovered in iMovie, in the new iMovie, there's this whole movie trailer thing where you just plug in footage and it makes cool trailers. So what if we have your friends come and we'll pick a cool trailer, we'll make a trailer with the green screen and you can put in all this Greek stuff and Roman stuff in the background and have they can be gladiators and the whole thing. He's like, Dad, you're brilliant. Now really, I don't give a crap about making this trailer. I just don't want him to seem like an, an idiot and have girls, that, right? You don't want to blow it with the girls, right? As they're kind of getting into the, like, we like boy things and you just, end up on the no thank you list. <laughs> but what that means is if we're going to have a party, it's going to be in our backyard, unless it's pouring rain. And if it's going to be in our backyard, there are a few things about the backyard that we just got to get settled before people come over. Like the walls that we had put up that we never had finished. They were never stuccoed or painted or anything. The neighbor put up fences that I guess we were supposed to paint our side of the fence. That never got done because we can't decide on colors. We couldn't decide whether to stucco or this or that on the walls. We couldn't decide colors on the fence. We're always waiting for it to all come together. Nothing ever comes together because my wife always works. And she has to be an integral part of these discussions because she's the one that took color theory. She's the supposed artista. She has to be, trust me, trust me. There is not a guy I can think of in America whose wife would say, no, honey, you choose the colors that we will paint the inside, outside, whatever of the house. Find me the guy whose wife says, no, honey, you choose the colors and I'll show you a guy in his beard. So... So this is the the plan is we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party the weekend after Hudson turns 12. So it's going to be the weekend. It's probably going to be whether the 20th, the 19th or the 20th. And we're going to have it on the Sunday, the 20th, because at the school, there's this big gala, this big fundraising gala that my wife and I don't go to because it sounds like something uh, that we don't want to go to. It certainly sounds something like I don't want to go to. Really get dressed up. There's always a theme. So everybody gets dressed up in costumes. Like, you know what? I get dressed up in a costume a couple times a week I, I, to dress like, you know, these people. I'm not going to go and hang out with them while they're dressed up as, you know, last year it was like a disco party or whatever. I, there's something about that, right? I, I, I know that must sound weird. Like, Dan, really? Aren't you an actor? Wouldn't you want to? No, I don't. I don't want to get dressed up and go hang out with the jocks in a costume. It doesn't sound like fun. For a lot of money? Really? No, thank you. But it's to raise money for the school. I'll give you some money, but just leave me out of it. Okay. But we don't want to have the party on the same day as this gala because we figure people's parents, the normal parents, the ones that enjoy things, will want to go. So we don't want to hassle them with that. So we're going to do it Sunday. But before Sunday, the whatever Sunday was, right? 
But before we can do this, we got to do something about the walls and the fence. And we got to do something about this area. We have this area of the backyard. See, the backyard's on a hill. And there's an area, though, next to the garage, right outside of where I'm looking right now, that's flat. And it has a little half wall around it. And it has a big ficus tree and a couple little ficus trees. But it's flat. The rest of the lawn is on a slant, but it's flat. Now, when we moved here, there were some bushes in there and some gravel. And the gravel, we kind of started to take out because we didn't like it. And then eventually the bushes we took out because we wanted to open the whole thing up. But it just never, has never quite been topped off. You know? We took out the bushes and we took out the bush stumpies, right? So it's all kind of clear and ready. But really what happens is just grass grows there. Uh, crap grass, weedy kind of grass. For whatever reason, the kind of grass that you're not supposed to have grow... I'd like to know what caste system grass is in because there's some grass that's grass and some grass that's weeds and they look exactly the same to me. And I don't know what the difference is. I think the main difference is weeds grow more easily and ergo are of less value than normal grass. Normal grass, you got to kind of coax it. That's the good stuff. Not the stuff that's hardy and will grow no matter what you do to it. Who cares about that? And clover, forget it. We don't want clover. Because you could have clover, you could have an entire clover lawn in about 10 seconds. You'd never have to mow it, but who wants that? That doesn't show that I'm a wage-earning American who's in charge of the right environment. Only a baby or someone like Dan Class would right want to plant clover in their yard for have it just grow and look like clover and be nice and dark green and never need to be mowed. What, where would that be getting them? Nowhere. So we come up with this idea where we're going to, you know, we got the flat part and we're going to take out all the, you know, have, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time. But someone, we're going to pay someone because that's what we do. We're, we're very, um, you know, I'm lame. Basically, I'm lame. Basically, I'm not a real man because a real man would just go out there with a shovel and a pickaxe and a paintbrush and just get it done. But see, a real man has a wife who doesn't work all the time. So the wife can watch the kids and do the laundry while the man is out there with his shovel and his spade and his pickaxe and his paintbrush and he can get all that stuff done. But typically, I have all that stuff and the kids and the dog, and she's working, making the money. So basically what we do is I just try to keep everything from drowning. She makes the money. We take some of that money. We pay, right? we pay people to do it faster and more efficiently than I ever could. So the idea is we're going to have someone take out all that extra grass, the grass that grows, you know, take that out, level it out. And then we were, we were thinking about putting in this stuff called... Um, uh, called um, decomposed granite. Thank you. I always want to say de degenerated granite, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> I know it's DG, 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 decomposing granite. See, now I can't think of what it is. Is it decomposed granite? See, now I've confused. Whenever I said it, you know the time 10 seconds ago when I said it, like I really was sure that's the name of it? That's the name of it. DG, decomposed granite, D, who cares? But it's very useful here in California. It's It looks like sand, but it's harder than sand. You can pack it down or whatever. We were going to do that. It makes it look like we live in California, you know? 
But then a couple of people said, well, you know, you get tracked into the house and you don't want that. And especially if you have kids, you don't want that. You don't want the dog and the DG in the house and in the house and in the house. And we don't wear our shoes in the house. When we got the rug that's in the living room, maybe we paid too much for it or something. Suddenly we were not allowed to wear our shoes in the house. After knowing my wife for 20 years, suddenly we're Japanese in there. Okay. No shoes in the house. So there's no way that we were going to put down DG, whether it's decomposed granite or decaying granite or uh, dip crap granite, whatever. We're not right. We don't want to drag it into the house. So, but, but a landscaper came. Okay. This guy that had done some DG in the neighborhood, turns out it's his house. So he came over and um, his name's Dave. So Dave came over and he looked at the place and he was just, he's one of these tall, kind of easygoing, uh, you know, white guys. You know what I mean? Just like, oh yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Well, I'll get you some numbers. You want to do DG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gave us some DG numbers. And then whenever somebody does, comes over, and this kind of kills me too. My wife was the one that pointed it out though. Like, Really? You have to go home and work out these numbers. You don't do this kind of thing every day. You just don't want to give us the number in person. You got to go home and work it out, do you? Really? You don't know exactly to the penny how much you're going to charge the second you see the place. Really? So he gives us a number. And it's like a... Let's say for for the conversation, let's say it's uh, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever to take out this and level this and bring in some this and put down the DG and you got to pack it and you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to bring in the thing. The and let's say for the sake of conversation, he says fifteen hundred, which was not the price, but let's just say that's what it was. So we're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that sounds. You know, we have no point of comparison. But I guess that sounds okay. You live in the neighborhood. You seem like a nice guy. You speak English as your first language. And I'll be very, let me be very clear about something. About the English as a first language thing. See, this is, I, I have nothing against people that speak English as a second language. I know many people that speak English as a second language. Many, many, many lovely people. And I'm not, it's not, that's not a problem, not an issue, whatever. Other than the people that I know that speak English as a second language that I'm not dealing with in a business relationship seem to understand me just fine. And I seem to understand them just fine. If we know each other on a social basis, but they picked up English maybe later on in life, for some reason it just seems to work out just fine. But there's something about having someone come here that speaks English as a second language and they're going to do some work, right? suddenly the language just sometimes can just be a bit of a problem. And I don't know if it's the nuances of me trying to explain what I want, or my wife asking questions or whatever. It just always seemed like, and maybe this is, listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. If you're hiring, I'm going to say it. Typically, it's if you hire Mexicans. Okay, they come here. I think there's just this thing that they all got together and go, listen, if the gringos start talking about stuff that you don't want to do or you don't want to know, if they start trying to bring the price down, just act like you don't understand. It works every time. 
And the only reason I, I bring that up is because uh, a guy we know put our gates up, made us some beautiful gates, and he's Italian, he's from Italy, and I, I wanted to make sure I didn't lump him in there. It's really like this handful, this procession of maybe two or three people is the only reason I bring up the, that it's a Mexican thing. But I really think that there's some like cartel of Mexican landscaping handymen that all get together like seriously. If they ever start to hassle you about anything, just get this kind of glazed look in your eyes and go, no say. You know what I mean? Because they understand perfectly when it comes to asking for the money, getting money, but just something about just like this is no say. Either that or I just need to hire the ones that are not stoned. Because there's a certain percentage of the landscaping uh, people that will come that, that I'm pretty sure they're stoned. So I was very happy when it was a guy that spoke English and he gave us this number. And then we were going to do, we're going to, we just decided F it. We're going to paint the walls. We're going to paint the walls. We're going to paint the fence. And there's the guy that painted the gates that the Italian guy made. There's the guy, he, he, right? He uh, varnished them or what, not varnished, but he like oiled them or whatever for us. Cause I wanted to make sure he used the super cleaner and the super oil, whatever the best thing was going to be. I didn't want to go to Home Depot and stand there with my thumb in my mouth, right? I wanted to just have it done right. And then I would ask him what he used and then I'll use that in the future. So that's what we did. So we're going to pay. I'm gonna, so I call that painter and I say, painter, can you come give us a bid for the fence and the walls? And he says, yes. And he comes out and he gives us a number. So now we have two numbers and we're ready to go because we're in a time crunch because Hudson's birthday's coming, right? But we only have one number for each thing and we have no point of comparison and I don't care. I just want to pull the trigger because I got other stuff to do. And so do you, honey. So like, can we just, right? Commit to these guys and we'll pull the trigger. Well, that's a stupid idea. It's a stupid idea for many reasons. It's a stupid idea because you don't know if you're overpaying or if you're getting a good deal. You have no idea. And you're rushing into things. Now, the first thing we decide is we're not going to do this stupid DG stuff. We're going to put down gravel. Cute gravel, not big gravel like we had. We used to have big gravel. Now we have small, cute gravel. That's what we're going to put down. We're going to get some cute gravel. So we talked to the landscaper guy. We're like, do you have any cute gravel? Like just kind of small and cute, not big, not big, like, right. Um, not big stuff and not river rock or anything like that. That's expensive. Just like small, cute. And he's like, ah, I think there's this stuff called Del Rio, whatever. And then we said, okay, well, and then we need another paint estimate. So we called the guy that painted the inside of the house. Oh, so many years ago who's a Mexican guy, but he's a Mexican businessman who I like, who I trust. He never pulls that like glazed over stone thing. He's not a stoner. He's, he's a businessman who just happens to be a Mexican. He's a wonderful man. I forget his name. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I don't like people that are stoned when they come to my house and try to, right? Act like they don't get it. Maybe that's it. It's nothing to do with it. It's just stoners. Don't come to my house to fix anything stoned. I guess that's what I'm asking. So uh, this guy comes over, Pepe, whatever. I can't think of his name right now. Let's call, we'll call him Pepe. That's not his name. That's someone else's name. But I'll borrow Pepe's name and give it to this guy just for now. Because I really like Pepe and I really like this other guy. So I'm going to give the other guy Pepe's name, okay? So Pepe comes over 
from and he he has this company. He's got his shirt on with the company name and his hat and his jeans. Right, the white. Every painters always wear white, like serious, like guys that want to seem like serious painters. So Pepe comes over and he's an awesome guy. And he he looks around and he blah 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 blah. And he gives us a price and he gives us a timetable. And the price is about twice what the first guy gave us. And the timetable is about four days longer than what the first guy gave us. So we're like, okay, well, Pepe is definitely out. We'll use the first painter. Then we get another landscaper in. And I'm feeling like this is going to be fruitless because this this guy has a website. I've seen his website. He does nice work. He was recommended by someone that Tulu goes to school with. A lot of the people that Tulu goes to school with, they, they're financially uh, secure. So this is going to be just another waste of time where someone comes over and gives us a number and a timetable and it's too much and it's too much. So the landscape, the second landscaper comes over and he's like a hip white guy. I'm like, okay, we're done. Because hip white guy, right, with a website, it's going to be twice what the first guy said. But he comes over and he looks around and he's like, eh, and I was like, hey, do you have cute gravel? And he's like, yeah, man, we can get some cute gravel, whatever you want to do. But yeah, I get you some Del Rio, we'll get a couple scoops in here. Whatever. It's like, okay, well, if you could get some numbers together for me, that'd be great. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts pacing off the level area. He paces it off this way, paces it off that way, he scratches his head. He's like, okay, well, you want to put some plants here? Maybe some planter boxes, maybe a garden thing here. I'm like, no, 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 probably not. He's like, okay. Well, can we sit down here? And we sit down and he gives me a number. Right there. He didn't have to do the, let me go show, the, I'm going to write down a number and I'm going to go show it to my manager. He didn't do any of that. No, like I'm going to walk down the block and right, and then email you the number. He's like, no, no, tell you what, can I sit here? Boom. Okay. It's like, okay, we can do this in probably a day. And it's going to cost about half what the other guy said. Sold. Sold sold American, sold on the spot. And he was kind of like, mm. he kind of had that look on his face like that was too easy. He didn't even have to think about it. He didn't even have to consult with his wife. I should have said more, but I laughed. Ha ha, too late, too late. If you're going to give me a reasonable price, I'm going to agree to it. I'm not even going to try to get it lower. I don't care. If you're being reasonable, I love it. Let's go. But now, now we've got the landscaper lined up, okay, and we've got the painter lined up, and they can all do it well w within the time frame that we have before Hudson's toga party. The only variable left at this point in the juncture of the thing that we're doing is color. Color, 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 color. Because you would think, you would think that that would be easy. And I'll tell you why. See, the walls have been up for a while now. And the walls were essentially gray, cement gray. Now, varying shades of cement gray, true. But still, they were gray, slightly blue, gray, but gray. And the walls had been, or the, excuse me, the fences had been primer white. Now, a lot of the primary chipped off because it had taken so long for us to get around to this, but the fences were essentially white. But we thought, well, you know what? We've got these wood, like wood-colored fences. Maybe we'll pull a color from the fence. 
Maybe we'll make the, fen- the, the painted fences sort of go with the not painted fences. I spent a week. A week. Seriously, a week. During the nighttime, I would help Melissa record and edit horny workout videos. And then during the day, I would go to the paint store and get paint chips and come back and show them to Melissa. See, Melissa doesn't have time to do this, right? She, but she had, she does. She's the woman. She's the woman. She's the artist. She's the art theorist. She's the colorist. Right? So I become like second-guessing color lackey boy gopher man. So I go to one paint store, the one that the painter says he's going to go to, and I pull swatches, pull, 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 pull. I come home with literally a two-inch stack, thick stack of paint colors, those little paper swatchy thingies. Now, this is all we're looking for is gray and white. Let's be very clear, okay? We're not looking for the ultimate yellow, the perfect red or purple. Some we Calculate some version of a shade of chartreuse. No, this is gray and white. We decide early on we're not going to go, we're not going to try to go for a tone on the fence because of the trim of the house and the next door neighbor's side of the fence and all that. Like we don't have to paint the house and the trim to go with the new fit. No, we'll do that another day. I'm looking for gray and white. How hard could that be? Very hard. Because if you've ever done this, you know that in the white category alone, white, which you would assume if you're a rational human being, that this is a fairly finite subset of the color spectrum. White, you would think white might actually even be like black, an absolute no. No, of course not. No, 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 no. And we're not even talking about beige. We're talking about white. But there's white, there's antique white, there's paper white, there's linen white. There's antique linen paper white, right? There's an infinite number of whites. But that one is too blue. And that one has a little green. That one has a little brown. That one has too much red. This one could just be too light. This one is just a little too dark. This one isn't gonna look good with the gray. You know the gray. The gray we haven't chosen yet. Because as with white, there are an infinite number of choices of gray. Natural gray, slate gray, sky gray, I kid you not, spalding gray. I actually went to the store and bought a sample bucket of Spalding Gray. I painted a two foot by two foot square on our wall of Spalding Gray.
Ash gray, tarmac gray, hair gray, salt and pepper gray, just gray, darkish gray, purplish gray. But just with the whites, this gray is just got too much red, brown, green, orange, yellow, purple, violet in it. It's just not the right one. Do we really want it to look a little green or do we want it to look a little brown? We don't really know because it's going to be a big big, big area that's going to have this stupid color. I literally exhaust every option at Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin, Sherwin-Williams? Sherwood-Williams? Durwood? Whatever, you know what I mean. To the point where my wife is then sending me to Dunn Edwards. To get swatches, I come back from Dunn Edwards with sample cans because she wants a, a color from Sherwin-Williams, but a little darker. So go over to Dunn Edwards and ask them if they can make the Sherwin-Williams color, but just dial it down a little bit. Because Pepe, the painter, said that they can do that at Dunn Edwards. They can't do that at Sherwin-Williams, but they can do that at Dunn. So I drove over to Dunn Edwards. Well, Dunn Edwards is apparently where the professional painters pick up their paint because I was there for an hour waiting to be served. Luckily, somebody else's wife uh, took pity on me standing there with my mouth agape in front of the wall of color choices. She says, oh, really? What are you looking for? I'm like, gray. I'm looking for gray. Oh, I just had the greatest gray. My, my decorator found this greatest gray for me. I think it's 791. Let me help you find it. And she's helping me find it. And now I'm distracted because now someone else's wife is trying to help me find colors to bring home to show my wife. And she's looking for 791. But the colors really only go up to 650. So I don't know where she's getting 791, but she's pretty committed that it's not only 791, but she's going to find it for me. So finally, we give up on that. It's finally my turn. And I go up to the counter. I'm like, listen, I've got this color. Can you match it and then make it darker? Well, we can match it, of course, because we have the technology for that because we have a computer because everything's computerized now. We can match any color you want. We could match your skin tone, but we can't match a color and then make it darker. Darker how? Darker black? Darker red? Darker yellow? I'm like, just make it darker. So she says, well, I can make it more. I can't, I, right? I don't know what to do other than I can just make it more color. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, we're, we take a bucket of paint and you tell us what color and then the machine spits out the color. I can put in more of that formula so I can make the formula like two times as powerful. I go, sold. Because we wanted this gray. Melissa wanted a gray. A gray that was no color. It was just gray. Like a percentage of black that you would have in Photoshop, I guess. For a week, back and forth, back and forth. Ultimately, honestly, if I had played my cards right, I could have painted the entire wall with these samples. It's the... Morning. I'm not exaggerating. 
The morning that the painters are supposed to arrive, and we are still discussing gray. Which gray? Because the one we thought we were choosing was too brown. And too brown is too brown. So literally, the painters could be showing up at any second. And we're still painting color samples. And we paint, and we paint, and we stand back, and we look. And we say, this one is green. It's gray, it's gray, it's gray. But it's green. This is a green, gray. But we like it. We like it. Actually, a lot. Wow. That's actually kind of an awesome green. And it looks great with our antique paper white. And the antique paper white isn't so different from the whatever the hell white it is on the trim of the house that anyone's going to notice whether or not it's the same color. Holy cow. I think it's done. painters painted and painted and painted and then on the Monday the landscapers came and dug and raked they put down gravel but see when a flat area meets a curved area meets a hill area somebody's gotta give some compromise has to be made. Because you can't go from a hill to a flat on a straight line, on a knife's edge. That some compromise has to be made. But if you work at it, and work at it, and work at it, and then just relax and give in, even if you're relaxing and giving in at the last possible second. Sometimes you'll find your gray. Right, that's the bitter's bill for today. Uh, we didn't get to the big. Oh, I started the wrong music. Here we go. That's a little better, right? For the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's been this bitter's pill. I don't know how long I've been talking, uh, but I, I gotta. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the delay between shows. I'm gonna get back in here um, later today or tomorrow, I guess, to record everything else. I've got a 
really bizarre story to tell you about when I had lunch with uh, my friend the celebrity priest. As, and the weird part isn't the, the lunch or the celebrity or the priest. Trust me, it's leading up to that. But uh, yeah, we don't. I mean, we can. Anyway, I hope you're well. I hope uh, you're staying dry. And uh, yeah, we'll finish up the story of Hudson's party. Leading up to the party, shopping for the party. And then, yeah, the lunch thingy. What else? Where's my list? I might have a job this week, though, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to try to get in here. Rain delay. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. We're good to go. We're going to talk about bullying a little bit, too, if you remind me. Please help me remember, okay? All right, this is Dan Class, The Bitterest Pill, 888-315-5753. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for supporting The Bitterest Pill. Uh, you'll hear from me again very soon. Bye-bye. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 